Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to Commanding the Huddle. I am your host, Ryan Fowler. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the final pre-game pod of the 2023-2024 NFL campaign. It is unbelievable always how fast this damn thing goes every single year. And I wish that we were sitting here preparing for the playoffs, jostling for uh, for seeding in the NFC, not focusing on a top three draft pick, not focusing on changing head coaches and, G- and GMs, a complete revamp an overhauling of this organization is expected to come here in the next few weeks. We, I expect Ron Rivera to be out Monday afternoon at the latest in Washington. It is expected. Everybody knows it. Ron Rivera knows it. Change is coming in D.C. And once that happens, we can finally and hopefully turn the page from this ultimately failed regime for Martin Mayhew and Ron Rivera. Now, we are in week 18, hosting the Dallas Cowboys, who if they win at FedEx Field, 425 kickoff on Sunday, they win the NFC East. For Washington's perspective, and what we're mainly going to focus on here today, are certain players that I want to see show up in certain scenarios. On offense, and on defense. Because at the end of the day, I know a lot of you out there are focused on draft position and where Washington could find themselves post-week 18. So when it gets to 7.30 on Sunday night, where is Washington in the draft order? Where will they draft in April? We will know that by Sunday night. But I want to see a, a few of the young players that may or may not be here next year, step up. Now, it's just a one-game sample size. But sometimes, lasting impressions for potential new scouting directors, college, pro side, new GMs, new head coach, see something in certain athletes to say, maybe this guy is worth a roster spot next year, at least to come in and camp next summer and compete for a spot, whether it's at corner or whether it's at receiver, whether it's along the defensive line or at linebacker. That's what I want to see this week because nobody in their right mind is expecting the commanders to go out on Sunday and beat the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not going to sit here and say, I want Washington to lose the football game because winning is just not something that we've seen in Washington on any consistent basis for decades on end at this point. In 2023, of all the years that Ron Rivera has been here, right, this is year four, we expected 500 football and it wasn't even close to meeting that this fall. So it's just threw another dagger in your back towards this season as as far as what the hell went wrong. And it's not just one thing, it's a multitude of things that went wrong this year. We, if Washington loses on Sunday, They would have ended the season two straight months of losing football games. That's unfortunately a taste that we've become accustomed to 
with this football team over again the last few decades, where there's been some seasons of success. Think back to Kirk Cousins a little bit and Alex Smith a little bit and one year of RG3 with Alfred Morris. Limited success. It's never two, three, four, five years of 9, 10, 11 win football competing for a division title, competing for a wild card spot. And again, guys, it, it is unbelievable that we're sitting here prior to week 18 on Friday, January 5th, just a few days away from the college football national championship between Washington and Michigan. This football season has flown by. Now, we have a lot to get into. The draft process, ladies and gentlemen, is kicking up steam every single day. We've got the College Gridiron Showcase this week down in Fort Worth, Texas. The Hula Bowl's coming up in Orlando. Tropical Bowl. Then you get into the big boys with the East-West Shrine in Dallas. And, of course, the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, which I will be at with boots on the ground. Can't wait for those events and to share my thoughts with you guys both here on this podcast, on Twitter, if you don't follow me there already, underscore Ryan Fowler, and written work, including more video and audio content at both Bleacher Report and the Draft Network. But I just wish we could have some sort of positivity towards this team and what we were looking forward to in Week 18. I'm not going to spend a lot of time today talking about the Dallas Cowboys. You guys know the faces, you guys know the places and which well where they will align and how they will make their impact. We've talked about them before. If you want to go back to the pregame podcast from whatever it was a month, month and a half ago when we last saw Dallas, right, on Thanksgiving, two months ago, you can go back and tune into that where I looked at the layers of Dallas offense and defense. But they're going to want to look to throw the ball from Dak Prescott to CeeDee Lamb, run the ball a little bit, Turn the clock probably in the second half if they're up in that football game. And Micah Parsons is going to want to wreak havoc on Sam Howell all day long. Now for Sam Howell's perspective, I'm glad he's starting week 18. It should have been the decision from weeks ago. There was no reason to go or even throw it out there that Jacoby Brissett was going to start. No reason. And now Ron Rivera saying this week, yeah, Sam's going to start. What the hell are we doing? It just seems like Ron Rivera doesn't have a damn clue what the hell's going on. And I just can't wait... I don't want to wish the downfall for someone, but when it comes to football and at the NFL level where it is a business and there are relationships in this thing, there absolutely are, but you cannot just run around and operate where it looks like you don't have a damn clue, whether it's from an evaluation standpoint, a coaching standpoint, a time, a clock management standpoint, evaluation, anything, execution, nothing. In 2023, from what I saw, it was regression in all three phases of the game. Offense, defense, and special teams. From this from this commander's roster this year. That's all that I saw. Taking a look at Washington's injury report this week. A lot of names. It's about 12 names on the list here. I don't know if John Allen's going to go this week. Has not practiced all week long. Tariq Castro-Fields. Has not practiced all week long. That's not a big name, but he's someone that Washington brought in. He was there last year to just be that CB 6-7 on the roster. And with the injuries on the outside with no Kendall Fuller and St. Juice last week, it was Forbes and Tariq Castro-Fields. If he's not out there, I'll get to the name that I would like to see have some snaps in the perimeter this week. Christian Holmes, concussion, has not practiced all week. We are most likely going to see 
Quan Martin play. He was dealing with that chest injury earlier in the week. We, however, might not see Cam Curl. He's got a quad injury. He was full practice on Wednesday, as was Curtis Samuel on Wednesday. Both did not practice on Thursday. Hopefully, we'll like to see those guys play again. Why? Both of those guys are free agents moving into the offseason. I would love to see both of those guys back, but both are going to require probably three, four-year contracts with some hefty money on them. It's not like you're paying a guy two, three million a year to come in and play. You look at Cam Curl, probably wants to be paid like a top 10, 12 safety in football. He's probably going to warrant a good amount of money, guys. Three, four-year contracts. Same with Curtis Samuel. He's going to want to be paid because multiple years means job security. Curtis isn't going to want to be paid like a wide receiver one in football. He's a, he's wide receiver really, you could say, 2A, right next to Jahan Dotson on this roster. And in my opinion, Curtis Samuel's wide receiver two for this offense this year behind Terry because if Jahan really was uninvolved all year long from what we saw and the expectations we had coming into year two for the former first-round pick out of Penn State. So I would love to see Curtis Samuel back, and I would love to see him healthy on Sunday as that final lasting impression to say, look, this is what I offer to this football team with Eric Bieniemy leading the charge. And whether Washington takes a Caleb Williams or Drake May potentially in the top three picks in April, this is the type of talent that I am. When I get the ball in my hands with my alignment versatility, I can do a lot of different things for an offense, not only as a three-level threat running routes, but especially when I get the ball in my hands. And that is Curtis Samuel. And I would love to see him back in the Burgundy Gold after really following Ron Rivera from Carolina a few years ago. So that is the, it's a long injury list. Benjamin St. Juice was limited on Wednesday. His full practice on Thursday. Did not see him last week. Would love to see him out there in the final game of the campaign. It's going to be a hell of an offseason for him as a guy that 2023 was his year three campaign. So now you're moving into 2024 where it's year four, the final year of your rookie contract. And if you get a new regime in town, again, where there's no ties to a single person in that locker room or an individual that has commanders on their check at the top left of their bank statement, no ties to anybody. There could be a lot of change on either side of the ball. Now, I'm not saying that a new regime needs to come in and completely overhaul this roster. There is talent at a lot of spots. I love the pairing of John Allen and Deron Payne, even though at times this year they became invisible in the middle. We talk about the receivers. They are good. The running back tandem of Brian Robinson and Chris Rodriguez moving into 2024 because Antonio Gibson's a free agent and his future is up in the air. I like that tandem. The offensive line. We know that Sam Cosme's played some decent football at right guard this year. But everybody else, there's questions, especially after bringing in Nick Gates and Andrew Wiley, to where both of them have been drastically below average all year, and Nick Gates was benched early in the season. I would not be shocked if Cornelius Lucas goes into the offseason and potentially gets an opportunity to earn a starting spot next year because he is somebody that can play tackle and play guard for you and do it well, at least be average at the position and has not received an opportunity with this football team, which is unfortunate because that's what's come down to evaluation, coaching, and execution, and realizing that Cornelius, no, he's not Trent Williams. He's not Rashawn Slater. He's not Christian Derisaw. He's not Jordan Mailata. He's not Tyron Smith. But he's a big body with extremely long arms, good length, good power, good feet, to at least play the position at an average NFL level 
and keep your salary cap numbers down as far as what you're expending to the offensive line. He's a cheap addition. That's it. Bang for your buck type of players that you need to outplay contracts. That is Cornelius Lucas. He outplays the value of his contract every single year when he gets an opportunity to do so. So on Sunday, I'm looking forward to guys like Deami Brown, potentially in the names of Caillou Blue Kelly, who was at the Senior Bowl in 2023, so last February, out of Stanford. Father played in the league. Drafted by the Ravens on day three, then went to Green Bay. Now he's in Washington. Somebody that has some juice to his game, got some size, got good feet, physical inside that contact window. A kid that needs an opportunity. On the opposite side of the ball, Mitchell Tinsley, UDFA out of Penn State. I talked about him in the springtime as far as a name to know for Washington when he went to the NFL PA Bowl, was dominant there, got an invite to Shrine out in Vegas, and was the best receiver in Vegas. I was happy that Washington signed him post-Shrine and post-Draft, right? Rounds one through seven, did not hear his name. Then he comes in on a UDFA contract, rookie free agent, college free agent, and gets an opportunity. Now, hasn't been active. All he's done is really work and practice. But we look at this receivers group. I just mentioned Curtis Samuel didn't practice on Thursday because his hammy's been tight. He doesn't play. That opens up Deami Brown. That opens up potentially an opportunity for Mitchell Tinsley. I really don't need to see anything from a Byron Pringle, from a Jamison Crowder. I just don't. Why not give guys opportunities to play, at least see what you got, other than trying to look back at Tinsley's tape at Penn State, which is the last time that we saw him play in a real game that counted. Trying doesn't count. NFLPA does not count. It's a lot of one-on-one scenarios. And see what you got in these young players, at least if it's just for 60 minutes. Against a Dallas team that's coming out to play for something. Does Washington want to play spoiler? Will they play spoiler? Who knows? We'll see. But for me, I want to see more of Deami Brown. I would potentially like to see Mitchell Tinsley active. And I want to see Caillou Blue Kelly potentially get some snaps on the perimeter. Whether Benjamin St. Juiced is healthy or not, we know what St. Juiced offers on the perimeter. But for Caillou Blue Kelly, whether it's in Washington or elsewhere, because Washington's already team three for him in his rookie season, what is he going to put on tape for the new regime and the 31 other clubs that are going to try to make additions in their secondary heading into 2024? Again, as a young piece on the, in the secondary athletic kid with NFL lineage with his dad, which matters. It does. A lot of people just don't want to talk about that a lot as far as, oh, this guy's the son of, of an NFL player. There are expectations there, like Joey Porter Jr., right, out of Penn State last year, going to the Steelers, where his dad, Joey, played for a long, long time within the lungs of that defense. But the lineage matters a little bit. So I would like to see Caillou potentially get some opportunities this week because he's also a hell of a kid. Got to know him a little bit in last year's pre-draft process and since he signed with Washington, he just wants an opportunity. And I'm excited for the kid because all it takes sometimes is a few snaps, just a few opportunities to make some plays. I'm not saying he's going to be a top three or four corner for Washington next year, 
but just see what you got against a talented Dallas offense. Who cares if Dallas goes out and scores 50 this week? We've seen it when Washington was at full strength. Actually game planning for an offense. Trying to win football games. Who the hell gives a damn if they go out in week 18 where all Washington really is playing for is just to lock up a top three spot in the draft? Who gives a damn? I don't. But I do care how this roster is built moving into 2024. And allowing guys to play. Guys that haven't had any playing time or minimal playing time, let them play. You want to throw Quan on the outside to see what you got? Do it. You want to throw Kalik at safety? A little bit more than what we've seen at, at the second level? Do it. KJ Henry, Andre Jones? Let them play all three downs on every series. Who knows? Let them play. Joshua Pryor, kid from Bowie State, has been up and down off the practice squad the last month of the season. Let them play. Now, I don't want to sit here and say, oh, this is not an NFL football team. This looks like a JV squad. I don't care. I, I don't. Let guys play that need opportunities. Ron Rivera's ass is on the way out anyway. There's nothing he's done this fall, and really since he's gotten into town to say, yeah, he deserves to be back. I'm seeing steps from this football team. All that I've seen is a monotone, robotic figure that cannot adjust to the modern game on either side of the ball. That's what I've seen from Ron Rivera, both from a coaching perspective and his voice as an evaluator and the additions that they made in free agency in the draft. Not good enough. So he's going to be gone. And we're on to the next page. So again, Washington and Dallas, I mean, it used to mean something, guys. It used to mean something. I know some of you out there were probably alive when Washington would play Dallas at RFK. And that place was jumping. All I've seen is stories from, from my father, from people that around this team for decades on end, videos, right? I wish that we had that atmosphere at FedEx Field and expecting that in week 18. We just don't. Now, there's going to be a lot of Dallas fans. FedEx Field has become a home away from home for a lot of visiting teams over the last 10 years. It sucks, but no one's going to show up from the DMV with burgundy and gold and excited unless they start winning football games. Now, I promise you, if they draft Caleb Williams or Drake May, people will show up week one of next year, week two, week three, whenever they have their first home game. I promise you that. People are going to be excited. I'm excited to get going with this draft process. It's going to be a really fun one, guys. A lot of names to know on either side of the ball. We're going to dive into this draft class. We're going to pull back six, seven, eight layers to really dive into this group. Then we're going to dive into the free agents. Because again, the free agency window, waves one through three, are going to provide a window into what ultimately Washington's going to do in the draft. But I'm pumped for the draft. I love building rosters. Building rosters that can not just compete, but succeed at a high level. Getting guys in the building that fit what you want to do. Not just bringing in a guy because he's had success elsewhere for the first couple years of his career and wants money to go elsewhere, right? Or like this year, you want to bring in a guy like Daniil Hunter from the Vikings, who's had a hell of a career with Minnesota. But does he want to come to Washington to actually win? Or does he want to come here to get a paycheck? We've seen that in the past. 
So on Sunday, to wrap this thing up, guys, who's going to show up on offense and on defense? I just want to see guys that want to compete. You don't want to show up. You just want to wear a uniform and get a paycheck. That's fine. You could be your last game in a commander's uniform. Josh Harris and this staff, right, this ownership group, have an idea of who will come in for GM interviews. Who will come in to be the new head coach? Who is going to be the new defensive coordinator? Is the GM going to have responsibility over that? They hire that before defensive coordinator? All that stuff's going to work itself out. But I'm worried about what the product is within the hashes. Ultimately, come 2024. Week 18 is really just an anomaly at this point. It's just like, well, look, we play at 430, but let's get to the offseason. And let's try to figure this damn thing out to try to get the train back on the tracks toward relevancy. Not talking about success, division titles, conference championship appearances. I'm just trying to be relevant. Early portions of Ron Rivera's tenure, this organization was at least relevant. Right now, they're a joke. It's unfortunate saying that. Because the talent is there. But you don't win games on an Excel spreadsheet. And are looking at a depth chart. Nose to nose. On Sunday. Monday. Thursday. Whenever the hell you kick off. Then you execute. The best teams in football over the last decade. Build in the spring. Get pieces that fit. Coaches that understand how to coach those players to the scheme. Then you execute. It's not just starters. So the guys you you're expect to draft in the top 60 picks. But rounds three, four, five, six, seven. UDFAs to come in and compete because UDFAs are found every single year everywhere that come in and outplay somebody and outperform in camp. Sometimes it's just about getting an opportunity. And building this roster is what the foundation that Washington has to figure out moving into these next few weeks. So it's going to be fun seeing who's coming into town for GM interviews. What are they going to do with head coach? Is it Eric Bieniemy? Is it somebody else? All of that stuff is going to be figured out. Most likely, when we look back on this thing, a month from now, on February 5th, I'll be on my way back for a mobile from the Senior Bowl. Probably preparing a podcast for you guys to dive into guys that stood out, guys that didn't stand out. How boards are shaking up post-senior bowl. The 11th is the Super Bowl. Right, so in a month's time, a lot's going to happen. And in just a few days' time, we're going to be officially done with the Ron Rivera regime. Good. It's been a long time and the leash has been way too long. And I know you guys are exhausted with it, frustrated with what's happened, and just flat out ready to kick it to the curb. This whole regime, as am I. I just want to focus on a good product. Not asking for a 13-win season. Not asking for some superstars everywhere on either side of the ball. You don't need superstars everywhere to compete at a high level in football. Coaching player development is so big in any sport at any level to ultimately raise the performance ceiling in all three phases of the game. And we just have not seen that in Washington. It has not been good enough. 
flat out since Ron Rivera's been in town. So with this being the last podcast until Ron Rivera is officially gone, most likely, right? I have a podcast planned to come out on Monday, win, loss, or tie against the Dallas Cowboys to wrap up the season. We'll discuss everything that happened on Sunday during the game and with the news that we hear expected in these next few days. So that is going to do it, guys, for today's episode, the final pre-game podcast of the 2023 campaign. Appreciate all of you sticking beside me hip to hip during, during this thing. I know it's been a lot of ups and downs, mostly downs, unfortunately, especially right since the last two, two and a half months of the season after starting 2-0 and against Arizona and Denver, which seems like it was five years ago. There's a lot of news to come, a lot of change to come. I know you guys are probably tired of change. I am as well, just trying to find some sort of consistency with this organization. But now that ownership changed, and with a new regime coming into town, hopefully there is a, a renewed like, air right into the lungs of this organization that Josh Harris tried to provide. And now we'll have his fingerprints on this organization and every single move that they make especially in these next, this next month, month and a half, where Washington has really got to figure out who is going to be pushing the buttons at GM, at head coach, who's OC, who's DC, who the hell is going to be here, and who's not. We're going to figure out all that stuff here over these next few weeks and months with the Burgundy Gold. Again, I appreciate you guys sticking with me all year long. I'll have a podcast out for you on Monday, and then we're going to get in to the offseason. We'll talk a little bit about the playoffs and some matchups to watch in some certain games. I know you guys obviously follow the league as a whole as well. But every single year, it seems like the offseason is Washington Super Bowl. And again, this year, it's where they're going to be able to put their fingers on this roster and pluck players from free agency and pluck players from other teams and pluck players from the draft and try to build this thing up again to where we align in 2024. There's going to be a lot of new faces on either side of the football a lot of new faces wearing headsets, and a lot of new faces wearing suits on the sideline or up in the owner's box. There's going to be a lot of new faces and flat out a lot of new places with voices in a lot of spots as well. And we're going to, I promise I'll take you through every single step of the way. So again, appreciate you guys tuning in this entire season. We are done here with pregame podcast, week 18, Washington Commanders hosting the Dallas Cowboys. In week 18, 425 on Fox to wrap up the 2023 campaign and the end of the Ron Rivera regime. On Monday, talk a little bit of football and we'll talk about the immediate future for this Washington Commanders organization with change coming. So as always, appreciate you guys. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm on Twitter, as I mentioned at the top, at underscore Ryan Fowler, if you don't follow me there already. More written work is housed at Bleach Report and at thedraftnetwork.com. Most recently had an article out for Bleacher Report looking at Brock Bowers. If just a few teams, five teams in the top 10 that could take Brock Bowers and the situations and everything from a personnel perspective, from draft picks perspective, what the roster is in their immediate futures expectations, which teams in the top 10 could utilize a pick on Georgia tight end Brock Bowers. I'd be interested to find out which teams actually put on there, including the Burgundy and Gold, and why that could fit. Check that out on Bleacher Report. And then this afternoon, so it's Friday, January 5th right now, I'll have an article out on the Draft Network looking at HBCU. Names to know 
in the 2024 draft, a piece I've done every single year for the Draft Network over the last two or three seasons. Really, athletes and players that just get overlooked every single draft. You think about Shaquille Leonard, right, formerly known as Darius Leonard, went to the Colts out of South Carolina State, now with the Eagles, right, has all pro in his background. Think of Kobe Durant, that nickel corner, uh, again, out of South Carolina State. Javon Hargrave spent some time with the Eagles, now with the San Francisco 49ers. Jerry Rice, you think way back in Mississippi Valley State, there's a lot of HBCU talent that comes out every single year. And there's five or six names specifically in this class that you guys can get familiar with. That'll be out on the Draft Network uh, later this afternoon as me, myself, attended an HBCU my freshman year of college back in 2016 where I played Division I baseball at Coppin State University up in Baltimore, Maryland. So as always, appreciate you guys. Hope you have a great weekend. I will talk to you on Monday. I'm Ryan Fowler, and this is Commanding the Huddle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.